Hi, I'm Kelsey Harrison, and this is the Get Wild Podcast, where each episode we dig into ways to reclaim your most wild and authentic self. Welcome to the Get Wild Podcast. My name is Kelsey, and today I have Ashley Allard on, and we got connected through a social media training we're doing together, um, the Social Media Saloon with Jera. and yeah, it's just been an awesome community, really cool to see people in their different passions, and um, Ashley happens to also be into yoga, so kind of felt connected to her right away, and she is a RYT 200-hour and the creator of Yoga Glow, which is her business. She focuses on helping women find self-confidence and inner glow through empowering yoga workouts. So Ashley, why don't you just um, give a little more background, where you're from, how you got into yoga, um, anything that you want to share, really. Yeah, awesome. Kelsey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored um, to be here. This is my first podcast. Um, so exciting, but, um, I got into yoga about three years ago. Um, I originally was a dancer. Um, and so I was familiar with yoga, but I had come to this place in my life, um, where in simplest terms, I like just literally didn't recognize who I was anymore. Um, not just physically, cause I had gained, um, a ton of weight from, spiraling into um, a depression, but also just mentally. I, I was lost in my life. I didn't know where I wanted to go, who I wanted to be. I hated my job. Like everything in my life just felt totally lost and out of control. And I found this really awesome online fitness community and I started doing online workouts. And part of that workout program was yoga. And from that first class that I took, I felt this deep deep, deep rooted connection to the movement. And almost instantly, I knew that this was something that I was insanely passionate about and wanted to share with others. And then flash forward, um, pre pandemic towards the end of 2019, I started my 200 hour training. Um, That kind of got prolonged, obviously, because of the pandemic. But I graduated from my program here locally. Thank goodness I was lucky enough to be able to do a majority of it in person, which was super beneficial. Um, And now we're here and I've decided to create, you know, my online business because I never want another woman in her entire life to ever feel the way that I felt. And I think that yoga is a really great way to help you connect with yourself and um, through the movement, kind of figure out where you need to be in your life and help you step into who you were always meant as a person to be. Yeah. So totally resonate with all of that. And I think everyone in the world should do yoga, but you know, that's us yoga teachers believe that. (laughs) Absolutely. We're biased. (laughs) Yes. Um, And, but so it sounds like, it's, in, it's kind of interesting because your path like started online and then the world went online anyways. So it's almost like, like you fell in love with it online. You got to do your training mostly in person, it sounds like. And then you're now business is online, which um, it's kind of like the whole world went there after the fact, but you, that's how you found it. So it's something that you probably connect with a whole lot is the whole, the online community, right? 
Yeah. Like I absolutely, I love teaching in person because I do. Um, I teach uh, about three days a week here locally in Massachusetts, which is where I'm located. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so I love, 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 love teaching in person. Like I will always say that there's nothing greater than the feeling you get of being in a room with yogis. But when we were, you know, all forced to shut down and everything went online, And I, you know, my teaching career was put to a halt. I was hired at my studio, but we couldn't teach yet. And I was like, okay, well, how can I reach people? And even, you know, teaching locally, I think the way to reach the most amount of people is virtually online. And it's really great building these online communities with women that you're most likely would have never met, you know, in life elsewhere. Yeah. And I also think that for a lot of people, who are just starting out. Like, um, like I had a, a friend of mine signed up for my retreat in November and I've known her for forever. She lives in Ohio, but she's never done yoga. And so she asked me like, Oh, I want to start doing yoga at home. What can I like, what online videos can I do to get comfortable before the retreat? And so it's like, it's almost like it's a, an entryway if people are not comfortable stepping into that room yet in front of other people. Absolutely. I think yoga is for a lot of people. I mean, just like a gym, a really intimidating thing. You know, you walk into a room and a lot of times you go into a studio and a lot of these yogis have been with the studio for a really long time, practicing for a long time. Um, And I don't know about, you know, your teaching experience, but I was taught to teach to all levels. So when I teach in a studio, I tend to, you know, layer the movement, but people get really, put back a little bit when you're layering stuff and they have no idea what you're talking about. And then I think it can be a little bit off-putting for students that have no idea what they're doing. So I think people are more comfortable at home doing it in their living room where no one's paying attention to what they're doing and they can get used to the movement before they step into, you know, a public setting and take a class um, with people. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, I teach all sorts of classes, but, you know, you teach to the midline um, and then, we have like more advanced ones as well, but um, definitely can be intimidated when you walk into class and yogis are doing their own practices, their own arm balances and, and getting into their own poses, which is a beautiful thing. But if you're brand new, then it's, it can be intimidating. And I think um, definitely like having an online um, presence can help people to just kind of absorb that in their own time and own way. Um, but also, And then it's like, okay, it's up to the teacher who's in person also make sure that everyone feels comfortable regardless of what poses they're hitting or not hitting, Um, which is a whole other, whole other thing, but (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I, that's awesome. So when did you start yoga glow? So I launched um, in October of 2020. It was something that was in the back of my mind almost from like the get-go of graduating teacher training. Um, I mean, I knew I always wanted to teach on person, but I also knew that I wanted to create um, my own platform with a very specific idea in mind. Um, And so I call it Yoga Glow because I, I, I think your glow at its core and what I like to call your glow is your essence. And it's, it's who you are at the very depths of your soul. And a lot of times, especially as women, I don't feel like we get the opportunity to tap into exactly who we are and who we're meant to be because, you know, we're nurturers by nature. So for me specifically, um, I grew up in a household. um, My mother is insanely nurturing and I kind of took on those traits. 
And so for the majority of my adulthood, I spent my life catering to everyone in my life around me and took all of the focus off of me and put it onto everyone else. And so when I was talking about that story, um, you know, before I found yoga and I got into this deep depression, that's because I was so consumed with everybody else and making sure that everyone else around me in my life was happy because that's how I got validation that, you know, I was a good person and that I was, you know, a good daughter, a good coworker, a good girlfriend, you know, all of these things that I thought were important. I lost who I was and who I was meant to be. So the purpose with Yoga Glow is to use these really strong strength-based yoga workouts for women to tap into that essence and explore themselves in a very healthy, safe environment so that, you know, they can start putting the focus back on them and figure out who exactly they are and who they want to be and where they go. And then hopefully as they continue the journey, they learn and realize that the sky's the limit and they can be whoever they want to be whenever they want to be and feel comfortable um, and also loved there. You know, I think self-love is a really huge proponent of yoga. It's at the baseline of everything we do in our yoga practice. Um, And so I guess that's at the essence of everything that I try to create with my community and my classes. Yeah. So you were raised in this like super nurturing lifestyle and like that, that's how you should be. And so now you feel as though you found a a balance of it because like, I think being nurturing is a beautiful thing, but you have to nurture yourself as well. So do you feel as though you're at a point where you've found a good balance or like it, it ebbs and it flows, you know, what does that look like for you? I think I can honestly say now at this very moment that I'm in right now, I do feel like I have a really healthy balance with it, but that's not to say that it hasn't taken a lot of work to get there. Um, And it definitely was a massive um, ebb and flow. And then at some points along, you know, in the last, I would say four or five years, maybe I got a little too selfish with myself because, um, you know, I was so used to being focused on everyone else that I kind of just started saying, um, absolutely not. Like I'm first and I don't care what you have to say or what you think. And I kind of was disregarding everyone around me because that was what I needed at that time to start putting the emphasis back on myself. Um, but yeah, I would say that now I have a, a, a really healthy balance of, you know, when to nurture, when to give, and then when, um, to put up boundaries that I think are really important when it comes to, you know, learning that balance. It's funny. I feel like with any like change we make to better ourselves or, or find balance, we go from one end of the spectrum to the other, like I know when I was in college and I was also going through depression, but like and also going out and drinking a lot and eating unhealthy. Then I went to like the far other end of the spectrum where like was not eating enough calories a day, refused to drink alcohol. Right. And now then there's a balance. So it's like, it's almost like we have to like ping pong for a hot second to the far other side. And then we like come back to the middle, like, wait, this feels much better and balanced in whatever area we are working on right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been there, too. I went, especially when I was first starting out on my journey, I went from, like, being this girl who ate out every single day, was, like, eating Wendy's, Moe's burritos, and then going out on the weekend and drinking excessively and not caring about anything to the girl that ate only kale salads and wouldn't consume alcohol and refused to put ice cream in her mouth. So, like, now I'm just, like, whatever I feel like when I feel like it, if it feels right for me, I'm going to do it. But, like, it definitely took from going from one extreme to the other. 
and then kind of, you know, no path is linear, obviously everything kind of ebbs and flows. And then you find that nice balance that, you know, works for you and your lifestyle. And it's taken me, you know, four or five years to get here, but it feels really nice to say that I'm in this place that feels healthy and comfortable and, you know, happy and whole for what I need right now. Yeah. Yep. I, it is so true. We just, it ebbs and it flows constantly. And just because you know, we found balance in this moment doesn't also doesn't mean we won't revert back or, you know, have little missteps and that's okay at the same time. Um, and then in terms of your business, so it sounds like you mostly work with women. Is that correct? Or like what, what, um, yeah, I mean, my focus is, um, women, all women doesn't matter, you know, transgender. Um, I'm, you know, that's my focus. But if a guy wanted to join in my class, I would never turn anyone away. It's just, I think that my messaging and um, my purpose is um, just more guided towards women, just because I have an affinity for my own experience. Um, And I can, I think, relate on um, some level to, I think we all as women can relate to our struggles. We just don't talk about them enough because the more you start talking about them, you start realizing, oh, my God, I went through that, too. Or, oh, my God, I had this period in my life where maybe it wasn't the exact same experience, but we went through a similar feeling moment um, in our lives that, you know, kind of changed the trajectory or made us do a certain thing that, you know, put us on the path that we're on now. Um, And so that's kind of why my focus is on women. But I would never turn, you know, anyone else away if they wanted to take class with me. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think it's always um, interesting to see like, what is someone's target and their, their ideal, you know, client and customer and the person they're trying to reach out and, and touch like, yeah. yeah. Um, and so then do, so your mom has this nurturing sense as well. Does she take your classes? Has she found a balance? Has she balanced in the nurturing sense as well? Do you feel? Um, so that's, Kind of a loaded subject. Um, <laughs> okay, you don't have to answer if you don't oh, want no, to. I'm, t- I'm totally fine with answering. Um, so my mom used to take classes with me a lot. Um, her and I's relationship, um, I would say right now, isn't the best. Um, she went through a really tough year um, during the pandemic. Her and my dad are in the middle um, of a divorce. And so that has taken quite a strain um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, so when I talk about boundaries, that's one of the boundaries that I talk about Um my relationship with my mother from very early on, I love my mother to pieces and she's a lot of the woman that I am today. Um, but I grew up in a family um, where my father was an alcoholic. And so um, when I was little, like for whatever reason, it, I always felt like it was my purpose to make my mom, whenever my dad went on a drinking binge or they were fighting, feel better. Um, And that was a really unhealthy relationship for me to have. And it took me um, doing a lot of yoga, a lot of self-reflection, and a lot from this last year to realize that it's not my responsibility to to make her feel better and to make her feel comfortable in her life. So I've had to put up a, a little bit of a boundary with my mother over the last year and kind of take a step back. Um, and because it's just not serving me right now to... Um, be so connected with her um for obvious reasons it was just an unhealthy cycle of a relationship um she's getting better and I think and that's a lot to do with her her nurturing um is she stayed her and my dad stayed married for you know 35 years because she wanted to make it work for her daughter and you know 
she thought that she could fix, you know, whatever was wrong in, in their relationship for whatever reason. Um, and it just, it wasn't working out anymore. And she's now learning that she needs to nurture herself because she hasn't, you know, 57 years into her life, she's been taking care of everyone else around her, me included. And I know that she's now on the path to finding that really, really healthy balance. And I'm really looking forward to the day where I can look at her, you know, and see that she's happy with her time. Um, because she's a and she's just, you know, she got lost along the way and she'll find herself back to where she needs to be. Yeah. It's first of all, thank you for sharing. Um, and yeah, I, it sounds like a really transformational time for your mom. So like sending her all of the, all of the love and the good energy as she absolutely through thank this. you. Yeah. And makes these changes for, for herself and for a better future. And, you know, I think, a lot of times it takes people hitting a certain point, rock bottom, whatever that looks like for them to, to make the changes that they need to make to have the hard conversations. And additionally, like for you to be setting boundaries, it's extremely empowering and difficult. And I applaud you for that in the sense of you setting those boundaries will only better your future relationship that you'll have with her. Absolutely. I, and I, that took, it's, it's so hard, especially when it's a parent to just be like, I can't pick up the phone every time they call or, you know, I can't drop my life at 33 years old to go pick up yours because we're, I'm an adult now, you know, like I have my own family. I, there are things in my life that I need to be focusing on for, you know, the betterment of myself. And I, I know deep down is hard because it was really, really hard in the beginning to set that boundary, especially as, you know, someone who wants to nurture and help and love um, knowing that me setting that wall is not only benefiting me, it's going to benefit her because it's going to make her stronger because she needs to start depending, you know, on herself to make herself happy in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. You're no longer enabling her or holding her hand when she needs to pick herself up off the floor. And I remember one time when I went, after I went through some trauma in college and my friend said to me who is an amazing friend has always been there and always will be. But she said like, not to be mean, but Kelsey, like at the end of the night, when you're on the floor crying, the only person who's going to pick you up off the floor is yourself. And like, that's, it sounds like cold and harsh, but it, sometimes it's the truth. It's like, we can create, surround ourselves with all these people to help us, but we also have to be able to help ourselves. Otherwise we'll never get anywhere and we'll never heal. Absolutely. And I think that's why I was so drawn to yoga is because yoga teaches you to pick yourself up off the floor and how to manage yourself when you need to, you know? Yeah. And how to learn how to push a little more and how to pull back and how to, you know, find your, um, the edge and find your comfort zone and then go past it even more. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I definitely am like right there with you. Everything that we do on our mat translates into the rest of the world from, from our bodies into the rest of our lives. Absolutely. hundred percent. And so what is your vision with yoga glow? Do you, cause you have a full-time job right now. Correct? I do. I'm actually sitting in my office as we speak. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do. I have a full-time job. Um, ultimately. Um, yes. And do um, a, probably a healthy balance of my personal, you know, yoga glow business and teaching, um, in studio. Um, 
yoga is my life's passion. Like I, it brings me I mean, you must know the feeling you get after you leave a room of teaching. There's like nothing, uh, nothing beats that. At least in my personal opinion, yeah. nothing beats that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I went to school for business, for marketing, and um, I work for my family's company, you know, helping them run. Right. And it's a really cushy, well-paying job that helps pay my mortgage and my bills and all those really nice things. But at the end of the day, I think it's really important to do something that brings you a lot of joy and passion and that you wake up every day excited to do. And, and yoga is what I wake up every day excited to teach and to share. So I'm hoping within at least the next six months to a year to be doing this full time. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. How long have you been at your current job? Um, I have been at my current job, uh, for the last, it'll be eight years come August. Wow. Yeah. So, and my thought when you said family business is like, when you make that step, right. And you preparing for it, it's gotta be feel massive because you've been there for so long, you're invested and you've collected that cushy paycheck, right. For eight years. And now once you make that step, it will be scary. And, and, you know, and, and I mean, that's how what I've experienced is that it's scary. And it's, um, it's life altering, though. And it's, it's very empowering all at the same time. Absolutely. Like there have been moments where I'm terrified, but I'm, I'm starting to really get to this space where it feels meant for now, like it feels like I know they say that there's never really a right time. But I think if you're really in tune, um, with your purpose and your passion and where you're meant to be, you know, manifesting all of that good stuff. Um, you almost internally and neatly know when the right time is. And I'm starting to really feel like that time, if it's not super, super close, it's, it's right on the edge of, of the precipice of being that right time. Yeah. And so how you say, you know, you, you're in tune, what, what does that mean to you? What does it look like for you to get in tune with your life and with your purpose and what you should be doing? So a lot of that for me um, within the last, I would say, year has been journaling. I And journaling is something that has been insanely hard for me. Um, but I got the five-minute journal. I don't know if you're familiar with it off of yeah. Amazon not that long ago. Um, and I swear by it because it has gotten me so in tune with you know, what I want my life to look like and the steps I want to, you know, the steps I feel I need to take to get there and um, putting out into the universe the idea of this life that um, I want to live. And I think it's such an easy tool because it lays everything out for you and it almost takes the brain work of journaling out of journaling. <laughs> yeah, I have heard great things about that journal. Um, I think journaling is it's such a great tool and it's just like, we have so many thoughts in a day and a lot of them actually repeat themselves, but we have so many thoughts that go through our head and to be able to like materialize them, put them on paper and look at them. Sometimes it makes you be like, well, that's a ridiculous thought that I'm having right now. Or like, okay, this is actually like doable. It's on paper. It's, it's more real. It's more tangible almost. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I know for me sitting down to journal, I think the hardest part is sitting in front of a blank paper. I'm someone that does better when I'm prompted either by a question or like the five minute journal every day, you're supposed to write down 
you know, three things you are grateful for, three, three things that you would like to see happen. And then you do an I am statement um, with the idea, at least for me, I use it as a tool with the idea of what would my future be like? So when I'm saying like my am statements, it's let's say I am a six figure yogapreneur who reaches thousands of women every week with my yoga classes would be like the I am statement um, that I would use. Um, So it just helps me be a little bit more purposeful and mindful in my journey as opposed to just taking the pen to a blank slate of paper every day um, and not really knowing what or why rhyme or reason to what I'm writing down. Yeah. And I think the fact that you know what you need out of that is so in tune as we keep saying, but it's, it's very awesome because not every, you know, tool works for everyone. Not every single tactic that we use to get in touch with ourselves and our future and and our goals is going to work for every single person. So I love that your example is like so specific and like, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And, And I think that is a powerful thing as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's taking a lot of trial error and error to get there. Like there have been so many, there have been so many like blank journals purchased that never had anything written in it. And I was just like, I can't do, I can't do this anymore. Like I want a journal. I want to be mindful, but I'm going to need a little help because me just taking pen to paper paper is not working. (laughs) Yeah. So do you do that every morning? Every single morning. Um, and then there's actually a prompt at night. So it's like, it's five minutes. It usually takes me about two to three minutes in the morning. Um, and then a couple, you know, like probably a minute or so at night. And then the nighttime routine is just saying um, three things that you feel really great about that you accomplished um, in your day and one thing that you could have done better throughout your day. Um, but yeah, I do it every morning while my Keurig's making my coffee and I'm drinking my salt water to help rehydrate my body. Um, Because it's quick and it's easy and it doesn't take a lot of time, but it helps really, you know, set my day up for success and be, I think, more mindful in every little bit of thing that I'm doing to help, you know, propel my yoga business into the future. Yeah. Heck yes. Um, And it's it's kind of funny because it's a five-minute journal, right? But I feel like to be able to be consistent with doing the both the morning and the evening would be, can be super challenging for people, even if it's a minute, just because it's, it is abnormal. So you almost have to do it. Like you said, you do it while your Keurig is making and you're drinking your salt water. And I've heard this before, like when you're adding a new habit, you, you have to add it to something else. So while your Keurig is brewing, you do your journal while you're brushing your teeth, you're reading your question and thinking about it, you know, something like that, where you're adding the new habit you want in your life to something you already do on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. It just makes it almost like second nature, you know, and I always keep it like where it's like, it's always in my peripheral vision. So like, if I see it and I'm like, oh crap, my journal, like I have to do my journal, like maybe I'm making dinner and I'm like, let me do my journal now. Cause I'm tired. And I'm probably going to forget about it before I go to bed type of situation, yeah. you know? So it's always in my living room in my peripheral. So I can see it, you know, from whatever I'm doing. So I don't forget about it. Yeah. So since October, when you've started Yoga Glow, what are some um, obstacles or things that have shown up for you? And they might just be like mental blocks, or it might be um, actual like challenges or or setbacks that you've experienced during your time starting this business. Yeah. So since my business, I it's like still an infantry. October is really not that long ago. And I think growing any sort of online business, it's not something that's going to be successful um, overnight, right? And I'm also one of those people who never like looks at a challenge as like a negative thing. I think 
every either setback or maybe slow growth is, is teaching us something. Um, so I don't ever look at anything as a negative. Um, but I think some of the challenges for me, especially being an online business and being heavily rooted in Instagram um, and really focused in that kind of platform um, is not comparing my business and where it's at right now to maybe someone who launched, let's say, you know, early January, February, March, beginning of the pandemic and is doing like really successful things. Because I mean, the market as a whole in the fitness industry is insanely saturated, especially when the pandemic hit and everything went online. Um, So it's I think my biggest obstacle has just been not getting my head about where my growth is as opposed to, you know, where I want to be, because we all have benchmarks that we want to set for ourselves and just taking this moment to be really grateful for the students that I have now and really grateful for this moment that I am in right now with my business, because I think it's going to teach me things. um, And it's presenting me with things that I can take in the future to wherever it ends up leading me. Yeah. What it's the, the phrase is like that comparison is the killer of joy or something. Yeah. I think it's the thief Um, of joy. I think. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) I was like, I knew it's, Joy is leaving us. But Joy is not present. <laughs> yeah. That's it's so true though, because we all started in different places. And I think the most important thing with like starting a business and being a small business is that you don't stop. It's the consistency. It's showing up even when no one else shows up and showing up when you don't want to show up and being grateful, like you said, for those small moments, those students, those people. And like, and I, that's what I've told. Um, Cause I used to manage a studio and what I would tell my teachers is like, they say a teacher had a bad attitude because she taught a class that had like three or five people in it. Right. And like, this was a waste of my time. And I'm like, no, it is not because you have impacted that those three people's lives more. And like, you have changed their lives and created an imprint on them. And it's funny because like some of my smallest classes that I've taught and like say I announce about my retreats at the end of class and um, I had a class of like five and I'm like, but three of the five came up to me to talk to me about my retreats after, whereas like a class of 30, you know, I announce it and no one, no one comes up. So it's like, it, it doesn't, the numbers don't matter. Those things are, they're all, they're always changing. And what matters is the impact that you have and finding that gratitude and being exactly where you are when, when you're there and accepting that. I think that you have a, it sounds like you have a great outlook on all of that. Yeah. It's taken some time. And honestly, I, I think that has a lot to do with the social media saloon. Um, and being a part of that program is, you know, teaching me to step away from the need to feel perfect in every maybe a little decision that I'm doing in regards to my business and, you know, to step away from comparison and just, you know, be really grateful. I, I think my biggest motto right now in regards to my business um, is if I can make an impact on one woman's life, then I'm doing my job. Yep. Yeah. 100%. And that is where, when you lose that is when I think a business, it starts to fail, right? If you're impacting that one person, you're grateful for that one person, you're a successful business. And as soon as you step away from that, or you lose that sight, and you start to focus on all of the people you're not reaching and all of the things you're not doing, and um, like the money you're not making or whatever, and you focus on the negatives, that's when your business is going to start to fail. Because 
I believe that, you know, when we focus on our, what we're grateful for and what we have already, that we're creating more abundance. We're going to see more, we're going to see more of what we have in our lives and see more abundance and then therefore create more of that same thing. It's going to compound. I am right there with you. All of the above. Which is all easier said than done, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And don't get me wrong. Like not every day is a good day. You know what I mean? Like there are some days where I'm tired and I'm cranky and you know, I have maybe one student signed up for a virtual class and maybe I don't want to teach it. But as soon as I get there, you know, my mood instantly changes. And that's when I'm reminded that this is exactly where I meant to be. And it's my passion. And if I just always take that little moment to take a step back and just remind myself why I got into this in the first place, then, you know, every, all of the negativity just, you know, can go by the wayside and nothing else matters except for being on my mat for that 45 minutes to an hour with that one student and having a really great, fantastic class. Absolutely. I completely agree um, with all of that. And so if you could like speak to Ashley at the beginning of her teacher training and tell her, you know, where you are, like, what, what would you tell Ashley at the beginning of her yoga journey? I would tell her to let go. Because at the beginning of my yoga journey, I was so worried about making sure um, that I got everything right and that everything was perfect and I knew everything and I could teach the poses perfectly without having to look at a piece of paper. And I was so consumed about all of these little itsy bitsy nitty gritty things that aren't really important that none of your students actually pay attention to. Um, Because then I think I would have been a lot less stressed. Um, about the situation. Um, and I could have maybe just enjoyed the journey a little bit more than I probably did. <laughs> I love that. And so I've led a lot of teacher trainings. And that's like one thing I always make sure to tell teachers when they're coming out is like, um, so at, at Core Power, like they teach a set sequence for their, a certain class to practice just teaching, like to not focus on what they're teaching, but instead just to show up. And a lot of times they're like, I don't want the students to get bored. And I'm like, first of all, they're not bored. They're showing up to your class for a reason. And also like, don't, don't worry about like mixing it up or recreating the wheel or, you know, like you said, like worrying about a piece of paper, like my favorite teacher who's been teaching for years, Jessica, she brings a notebook in every single time. And like, that's because it's she is putting in the work and she's wants to be prepared for class. Like, I don't think there is anything wrong with any of that. And I, and I was texting a friend of mine who just went through a training and he asked me for like, like advice on mixing up this class he had. And I was like, you do not need to get crazy. Like keep it simple and like, just keep showing up. That's like, you've taught like five classes. You don't need to be changing anything right now. And I think we get it in our heads that we need to do more and more and more. And the reality is, is like less is more and showing up is good enough. And, and what really comes out and matters is our, our glow, right. Is our, our inner heart and soul, our yoga glow, as you say, or like our, like what we bring to the class, because you can teach this, like you and someone else could teach the same exact class and it'll feel entirely different based on who, who is teaching it because of what they're showing up to give and to serve. And I think when you're in the thick of teacher, you don't know that aspect of it yet because you haven't, you know, had the ability. A ton. I was blessed. 
to um, come in and do um, like a specialty workshop um, trainings this year and, you know, being fresh out of teacher training, um, I made sure that I took time to do a Q&A with them because I was like, you know, I'm going to be your best resource. I was just where you were a year ago. So ask me like literally anything that you want to know. And I remember telling a student after she asked me a question that I, I'm like more of an, like a technology person. So I bring my iPad and I turn the, um, the screen on really low and I shut the volume off and put it on silent. But like, that's my preparation and I keep it at the back of the room. And she's like, oh my God, that's genius. And I was like, I'm just not someone that's going to have my class memorized. And so if I have to walk by and peek at my iPad, it just gives me a little more confidence to take a look at what the next sequence is so that I can focus on my students and my messaging as opposed to just trying to get caught up with memorizing the class. I'm like, no one expects you to know your class verbatim. Like that's a pressure you're putting on yourself and it's okay to let it go. And it's okay to bring a notebook. It's okay to bring an iPad. It's okay to bring whatever it is that you need to feel comfortable to teach that class so that your, your students have the best experience with you in the room as you go through that flow. Yep. I completely, completely agree with all of that. Um, yeah. So I love that. Let it go. Telling past Ashley to let go and just to keep, keep showing up and, putting in the work. I think that's a message that, that everyone can hear for most all parts of their lives, because it's easy for all of us to get hard on ourselves for anything we're working on becoming better at when showing up is the most critical and hardest part a lot of times. Absolutely. I mean, they say that we are, we are our most um, awful critic, right? We're the people that criticize ourselves the most, you know, no one on the street is paying attention to what you're wearing or, you know, how you're speaking, or maybe you fumbled over your words. A student's not going to pay attention to that, right? You're going to be the one that beats yourself up about it the most and hanging on to it's not really serving you. So, you know, as I like to say, make like Elsa and just let it go. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good, I I have not seen Frozen yet, actually. Oh my God, Kelsey. (laughs) I know. I know. And my fiance keeps trying to get me to watch things like that and Disney and stuff and I'm like the baby will be here soon enough we'll have plenty of time to watch that's very true things. and then you're going to be watching all of the Frozen and all of the Finding Nemo that's very yeah. true save it for yeah. the baby <laughs> I know I'm like we'll watch the things we want to watch until the till this child is here and then we'll watch Frozen 1000 times I'm sure <laughs> I think that's a very smart decision <laughs> um awesome well just to start to wrap up a little what is a nugget or like quote, inspiration, just something to leave the listeners with? Yeah. So my very favorite little affirmation quote that I randomly stumbled upon on Pinterest, but I loved it so much that I wrote it down on a post-it note and it's sitting on my vanity mirror. Um, But it is, life is tricky. Stay in your magic. I love it. Yeah, it's just like that little reminder that life is always going to throw you these curveballs and these really hard moments. But no matter what, if you just stay rooted in who you are and your purpose and your magic and your glow, whatever you want to call it, you'll make it out on the other side and life will be so much better when you do. I love that. That is, I, I might add that to my post-it note wall do as it. well. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Um, And then I'm going to put all this in the show notes, but where can people find you and what do you have offering right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I 
kind of bummed that we uh, didn't get to hop on this little podcast chat like a week ago because I was on vacation. Um, <laughs> but I'm currently in the middle. I just launched a summer program um, and enrollment um, is closed. However, um, I will be going live once a week throughout the six-week challenge that I'm doing. Um, and those live classes are available to everyone. So even if you couldn't um, sign up for my six-week program, you can still kind of take part by joining in on the live classes. Um, so I offer two things. I offer live classes and I also offer an on-demand studio. You can access both on my website, uh, www.ashleyallardyoga.com. Um, my live schedule for the next six weeks to take Zoom classes with me is already loaded. Um, so you can check those out. They vary between um, days. And when you go to the website, the um, time zone automatically um, is set to whomever is checking it out is out time zone. So you don't have to do any calculations or worry about if it's on Eastern Pacific, it automatically sets it to your time zone. Um, so you can take class with me there or you can, um, you know, take class on demand if that's more your thing. All the information you need is on the website. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram at Ashley Allard. Sometimes they're well with free classes as well. And also just, you know, offer up daily little inspirations um, via my posts if that's something you want to check out as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for the time and for hopping on and sharing parts of your story and super excited to see how your business grows and everything that you do. Thank you, Kelsey, so much. It was such an honor and honestly a pleasure to get to chit chat with you and get to even know you a little bit better. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to the Get Wild podcast. Once again, my name is Kelsey. Please feel free to reach out with any feedback or reviews or any input that you have. Also, I would love to have you on a retreat in 2021. You can join me in California, Tulum, or Asheville. Just head to my website at getwildkelsey.com for more information. And I look forward to connecting with you and hopefully seeing you on a future yoga retreat.